It was $105 million Series C for, led by General Atlantic, but also with all the existing investors uh, chipping in on, on their pro rata and more. So a significant round for us. Um, and also with General Atlantic being a partner that is used to, of course, a heavy uh, hyper organic growth, but also uh, uh, sometimes with an M&A agenda. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, special edition today. We're excited for this. Entrepreneurs always wonder, what is it like selling your company? And then what's it like post-acquisition? Well, we have a unique experience today with Mads from Dixa and Eric from SolveMate. Uh, Dixa recently raised a new round of capital and a big tranche of that capital was dedicated towards M&A. He chose to, Mads chose to, and Dixa team chose to go acquire Eric at SolveMate, which we also have here live. So guys, we're going to have fun today. Thanks for taking us. Uh, thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Nathan. Great to be here again. So Mads, let's work backwards, and Eric will then loop in SolveMate as we work backwards. Uh, Mads, you needed to obviously fund this acquisition, and I think last time we spoke uh, in terms of focus, you were really focused on call center support desk and tickets. Give us an updated view of Dix's product safe for folks who are not familiar with the website. Yeah, definitely. So Dixer is a next-generation customer service platform, just as you, you said, Nathan. And of course, we have been um, changing the way customer service works in, in brands, typically consumer brands, but also B2B uh, the, 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 the last two years. And we are disrupting the way you do it on a typical ticketing base basis. We are doing it in a conversational way in what we call customer friendship. So all the conversations across all channels, we are equally strong at all channels, phone, email, live chat, messaging, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and the list continues. Um, and then we, we use the customer data and the channels to, to basically build strong bonds across all these different experiences. So that's kind of the core of, of Dixa. Um, and, um, and, and, and what we're going to talk about today is how we expanded uh, what we call internally at Dixa the effortless trinity. So I'm looking forward to talk a little bit more about that. The today. effortless trinity. Eric, this seems like he's holding up to a very high standard. Effortless trinity seems like a big call to action. Uh, <laughs> we'll loop that in here in a second. Mads, pre-series, pre what was it? What was it? A series C, right? Pre-series. Series. And pre the acquisition of both SolveMate and I can't remember the other one. What was the other company acquired? Elevio, a AI knowledge base from Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, okay. back so, in February last year. So pre both of those deals, what did you grow in the customer base to just number of businesses on the platform? So just around a thousand customers, uh, including both the, the very small ones we had in the beginning. We were starting out as an SMB, and then gradually into to more mid market where we where we play today, and, and even enterprise to some extent. And then let's sort of reverse engineer, right? So to fund these deals, you raised a Series C. How much was that for? It was $105 million Series C for, led by General Atlantic, but also with all the existing investors uh, chipping in on, on their pro rata and more. So a significant round for us. Um, and also with General Atlantic being a partner that is used to, of course, uh, heavy uh, hyper organic growth, but also uh, uh, sometimes with an M&A agenda. Yeah. So split the $105 million down for me. How much was earmarked for M&A? 
So no no specific amount was actually earmarked for M&A because uh, General Atlantic and existing investors actually are able to 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 allocate extra funds uh, to projects like the one we've been through the double acquisition here and the acquisition of Soulmate uh, specifically. Um, so it, 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 the good thing is there's no real boundaries, but uh, around what we can use. But of course, every company uh, tries to preserve the cash for uh, the organic growth for for opportunities uh, coming ahead. But we have had opportunities where we actually been able to preserve a lot of that cash um, and, and make other facilities for uh, for these acquisitions. So I guess the only other place that 105 million could have gone if it didn't go to the balance sheet was you know you've been around since 2016, so you have early employees obviously that are going Mads. When do we get some some liquidity here? We believe in the vision, but we want to go buy a house. Can we get some liquidity? Did any of this go to secondary? Yes, a small amount went to secondaries for as you just said, uh, uh, founders, uh, some founders. Um, Early uh, employees, uh, some very the first business angels, taking a little bit uh, out uh, for yeah for for house or apartment or for for savings. And so a little, would you, under under ten percent of the round, fair to say? Yes, that's okay. fair to say. Okay, now let's loop in product strategy, M and A strategy. So when did you first realize you know what M and A is a strategy we want to use to grow? And then how did you go about finding companies like Eric and so? I mean, I imagine you looked at a lot of them. Eric's obviously closed, but how? What was the process like? Yes. Yeah, so, so first of all, the the first part of this strategy actually started um, one and a half years ago, a little bit more, discussing it with our existing board and investors and in the management teams. So we know that we had some really, really strong partners in the ecosystem. So our our approach is actually is a kind of a luxury approach because we know the companies very well. Of course, we have several partners within knowledge base, several partners within chatbot automation, and so on and so forth. We quite early realized that we have to invest a lot into the core of our platform, routing, automations, on the conversation side. However, there is some really, really um, core tech and talent. Um, plus, I go to market angle. We don't have to. We, we always have to remember, which is difficult in an ecosystem, that we um, probably would able to be to, to to be able to build ourselves at some point, maybe. But it's a big maybe. It's a lot of risk. There's a lot of talent and, and leadership that we would have to organically drive. And time to market, disrupting one of the largest service software industries in the world, like the customer service industry. Um, it's a 300 billion if you include CRM and some Martech. You have to move very, very fast. And you have to get the best on board, both from people and a product, um, and hopefully one day a profit side. So... With Alevio, that was actually the first. Um, that was the first corner of our effortless trinity, the, the 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 triangle, so to speak, where we added knowledge and data into the play. We historically we've collected a lot of data. We 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 want to help agents, customers, and customers in real time. Um, we haven't been able to do that ourselves, but then we got Alevio on board. We started the journey in in our own effortless trinity to make customer service effortless for customers and consumers agents and admins. And of course, one of the very, very big and important next steps in that is the automation uh, chatbot uh, uh, intelligence piece of, of that trinity. So it's, it's actually not um, a, uh, an optimistic um, approach. It's been, um, it's been there for a long time. Of course, we had to have the funds and the backing to, to make such a big move um, for, for a company of, at that point, 200 employees or so. And so you were 200 employees, Mads, then, and, and about how much revenue? I mean, you were north at, what, 10, 11, 12, 13 in ARR, something like that? 
No, we we are north of of, uh, of uh, fifteen. So um, yeah, at that po- north of one five no. at that point. Uh, at what, what the point with funding, or when we acquired the first when, company? When you when you closed the Series C, you had about fifteen million in ARR. No, that no no that was a, that was that was around the ten eleven as as you mentioned ah, okay. there. Correct. Okay. Yes. But today so, you've grown post acquisitions to fifteen. Yes, and more. Uh, <laughs> so growing the rapidly. Next, <laughs> the next le- the next level is between fifteen and twenty. Then you can <laughs> yeah yeah some, yeah fair. some numbers there, right? No, so we're growing rapidly. Yes, but we're also using uh, the right amount of uh, of time for integrations, uh, especially on, on the people side and the product side. Mm-hmm. And that will maybe for a quarter or two take a little bit momentum out of your hyper growth. But it's very, very big investment for um, for us as a as a product led company. So let's so, go let's go over to Eric yeah. here real quick, Mads. So so Eric, you know, Mads talks about talent, saving time, getting to market faster, go to market arbitrage. How how what was sort of I guess let's just start with team size. How many folks were on Solvemate before you started talking to Mads? Uh, Thirty five. And and how many engineers? Half of that, more than half of it. Okay. Okay. So there's maybe a play there. And then let's talk about go to market real quick. Did you feel like you had some arbitrage on your go to market strategy? Were you already upselling Dixit to your customer base? Yeah. Um, so maybe once one step back, um, you know, Matt's talked about uh, the effortless trinity and it's very clear that automation goes together even better if integrated well into the CRM or CCAS system where the agent works. So we have been working with more than 10 CRM systems over the past years because if the bot cannot help, it needs to be integrated. And even if the bot can help, an integration helps significantly to improve the bot experience. So we have known uh, the Dixa folks for quite some time and vice versa. And of course, um, this is very helpful for all clients to be together with a bot vendor. So um, yes, uh, we helped each other as we were doing joint marketing and um, uh, with Dixa, there was a really great fit when it comes to company vision, which I think is very important. They were very ambitious as SaltMate is. And there was an awesome tech fit. Um, you know, um, basically working together is instantly, we all kind of work the same main work tools and very importantly, um, a cultural fit is important to see when selling a company to another bigger tech company, um, because of course we were talking to many vendors out there. Mm-hmm. And when you, so when you look at your customer size before the acquisition, how many customers did, uh, did SolveMate have? Uh, we had a two digit range. Uh, okay. So like, like 10 to 10 to 99. Yeah. Okay. So you, these were, this is like an enterprise motion. Then this wasn't like a low ARPU high volume. No, we have a very high output. So we we yeah. were typically charging more for our automation than the CRM or ticketing or uh, CCAS vendor. You know, ticketing is of the past, so we're talking about conversations. Yeah. Um, we were typically charging more than the system where the agent is working in every single day. Because is creating such a high value for the end customer and for the company and for the agent. Are we talking like $10,000 a year sorts of contracts or $100,000 a year? Around $30,000 um, average ARPU. Interesting. So Mads, how did you evaluate that? that so, you know, someone like, a, let me just find an example, someone that uh, like, um, like Dialpad, right, might go acquire another company like Uber Conference, because Uber Conference has a million users that pay a dollar each and Uber Conference can be cross sold into Dialpad's user base. That does not look like that was a strategy here. It sounds like Eric already had proven he built a piece of tech people are willing to pay 30k a year for. Was the motion more how do you upsell SolveMate to Dix's user base and drive ARPU expansion? 
Very, very good question, Nathan. Actually, uh, the, the, it, it is a double thing we're doing here. We're doing things in parallel. We, we, are, we want to keep the momentum of the great growth that SolveMate has built with great customers, a number of customers that we are not uh, uh, the platform for yet today. Um, and also respect there are many platforms out there that are, that are doing a great job for, for different types of, of businesses. Um, and, and we really want to leverage that to 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 stay um, to stay in the game to be the best automation chatbot vendor, but of course in parallel we are integrating uh, the, the 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 technology, the know-how, the, the product deeply into the platform. But um, if you use all your time and just merging things together from a go-to-market product perspective, you will lose a lot of the great momentum that's created both in Dixer and SolveMate. So we are doing both. Maybe we're not going to do that forever, but today from a product perspective. And of course, you have to have priorities on, on, on standalone roadmap versus the combined roadmap where it's an integration. For instance, a very um, down-to-earth but, 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 but a very strategic move for us is that we just launched Dixon Messenger. It, it's, um, uh, with no disrespect, we call it an intercom killer because it's taking basically live chat and messaging and bringing it to, to a whole new um, level with typically um, brands that have many channels and many conversations back to, to, that, to that idea. And of course, both deliver from a knowledge-based perspective, self-serve, knowledge, um, guides, and of course, the chatbot that can warmly handle between an agent in Dixa and back to the consumer and back and forth again is a very natural project that is very strategic to us that we are, we are doing second half. Uh, so that's, that's coming already uh, as a big outcome of the um, of the integration between Dixer and, and SolveMate. Now, Eric, and on the go-to-market side, we will probably stay in dual mode for, for the foreseeable future. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. Eric, when you were going into this deal, you know, preserving optionality for founders is something I'm a big fan of. You know, for every one Dixa that's raising a lot of capital going for the moon, you know, there's a thousand we never read about where the founder's doing two, three, four million in revenue, slow growth, but profitable, living a great life, right? How'd you preserve your optionality up to that point, or had you raised a bunch of VC? Uh, we've raised, I would say, we were pre-Series A, so we've raised a few million of professional seed capital. Um, okay. And the alternative to being acquired would have been to raise a eight-digit Series A round and to grow the product organically. Yeah. And it's always a question on the, in German, there is a saying called um, uh, the duff on the roof or the sparrow in the hand. And I think as a founder, you should have the the product and the company in mind. And the company is just on a very big acceleration when joining forces um, with Dixa and making our awesome product available to significantly more clients um, over time. So from a company perspective, there's a very good fit. And um, 
from a professional investment perspective, that's always a question of do you want to sell early or go on building for a few more years? That's a purely financial investor decision, which um, my investors needed to take. Yep. Now, Mads, in, in your announcement on the website, you articulated you spent, I believe, 43 million it was for both Solvemate and Muros. Um, what was the breakdown there? Can you share how much of that was Solvemate versus Muros? Unfortunately, we cannot. That's confidential um, information. Um, so, if I, get, if, I get you both, if I get you both to agree to it, we can share. <laughs> uh, um, no, now we. I think it was decided know. to not share the breakdown. Yeah, no, that's, we, that's I, okay. and we have, this, and now we have the same board and investors. So, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we I guess have, let me we let me. I can still ask some sort of a question through here without having you know the exact amount, right? So, obviously, with deals like this, you know, Eric, if you believe in the growth of Dixa. You want Dixa stock, but you've also been building Solvemate for many years. You'd love to also cash out as well. So how did you guys negotiate the total deal price and what, you know, there's a big difference between the deal value and the deal terms, cash up front, earn out, you know, consulting fees and kickbacks. Eric gets on the side for sticking around, building the handcuffs, all that stuff. How did you guys negotiate that? I think they, yeah, they, and they both, they both want to answer at the same time. We should get Eric first. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think Dixa um, is very experienced in doing M&A, um, and not only because the uh, chief revenue officer has been doing this for a living before, um, but they were very smart in, of course, having a cash portion, having a stop option. There is vesting. And uh, I think the most important thing, it, you shouldn't talk about cash and shares. You should think about creating a joint vision and motivating the company. So if there is a fit between co the companies, you want to stay and you want to build something awesome. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, you, uh, Eric, obviously have employees too that maybe had equity early on. I imagine if you were doing raises, investors required an ESOP pool, 5%, 10%, whatever. They're also, you also have to manage their psyche around cash today versus you know future earn out and selling them on Dixa stock, right? So is this something, I mean, are you able to share maybe a ratio was 40% cash up front and 60% of whatever the deal value was in Dixa stock? Are you able to share that breakdown? Leaving that to months, if you want. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's so fine. It, it, it Olivio Solvemate is, is is of course different. We respect the existing investors. Some investors want to join. Some investors want to go out uh, for various reasons. So it, we we have a very um, I would say um, balanced and holistic approach to this. But in um, as a starting point, we want to balance them as 50-50 as, as possible because we believe it's important for the future value that we are creating together. It's very important, of course, to, to empower and retain talent and especially the leaders and founders. So as, as Eric is talking about, this, this approach goes only works if we are aligning on the future vision. And if we're seeing, you know, uh, Jürgen and Eric, for instance, for Solvemate as my new co-founders, which they are, um, that is how, that, that's the approach we do. And we can do that because we are, we are not 3,000 people. We are now 300 great Dixitarians, all of us coming from, from Dixa, Livio, Solvemate and Miros from uh, the position we did in France as well at the same time. And I think that is equally important. But then, yes, we are in many ways on the same journey. Um, and uh, and, and we're, we are quite strict on that. So, um, of course, we we had luxury of knowing many many companies in 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 the uh, in the ecosystem, and and the one that we really wanted was also <laughs> uh, the one we joined uh, joined forces with. But if if for instance Eric and 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 the investor said no, we only want cash or we only want uh, shares for that matter, then we would have a challenge because that's also kind of the um, um, the the, the go-to M&A strategy we have from our board and investors, uh, mm -hmm. which is we believe is the right thing and very important. And as mentioned, Chief Revenue Officer Christian Dolman and myself um, before have both uh, sold our companies and acquired companies and seen 
what 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 can you do well here and 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 what have we really done bad uh, and our fair share of mistakes so we've learned from that and then taking them into dixa and as you guys build customer value together one way to measure how much value you're getting to customers is to look at your own valuation increase mads you shared back when we had the saas stock interview the 36 million series b i think it was in february 2020 you think of an exact number what you said between 100 and 200 million dollar valuation is it fair to say you sort of more than doubled that here on the series c yeah that's definitely fair to say that more, more than doubled yes that's great so more than 400 million yeah Amazing. So this is interesting. So, you know, we saw someone pursue a very aggressive strategy uh, of M&A in Hopin, which is now sort of getting a lot of, well, Johnny's in the news, maybe for the wrong reasons, but he did, I would say he did a brilliant job at basically buying his way to hundred million bucks of ARR. Mads, it sounds like you've got a, a board that understands M&A <laughs> inside and out. You're a well-oiled machine to be able to do this. I mean, do you see a path to going out and raising another whatever quarter billion, 500 million and effectively buying your way up to hundred million bucks of AR if it fits in this, this Trinity product strategy? Um, that is not our strategy. Actually, our strategy is definitely going for the people and product. And if we get, if that's an, if um, we get uh, some, 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 of course, some growth momentum into a go-to-market engine standalone or combined, and there is some ARR included, of course, that is great, but it's a positive side effect. Um, um, at this point, we are acquiring companies from the people and the tech and the IP and the product that serves our big, big goal and vision of creating our own category, creating what we call value experience, and basically getting to not a valuation metric, but a value metric around custom friendship goal. What is the Trinity, Mads? What are the three points on the triangle? So it's Olivia, and it's SolveMate, and it's Mirrors, and then the Dixa platform in the center. Oh, got so, it. I thought the Trinity was was product. Okay, got it. You're talking about three companies and then Dix, a hub and spoke model, effectively. Correct. So, Elevio being the, the knowledge uh, platform, SolveMate be the automation platform, Mirrors being the, the customer intelligence or the intelligence platform, and then Dixa being the experience platform in, in the center. That's nice. the, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, it's not a, it's not a launched uh, idea, but we are, we're happy to share our, our, very, we're very proud of that strategy, um, and and we're seeing some great stuff coming out of it. When, when is the pro products coming when, out of that? When does the triangle turn into a square and a hexagon? And there's eight or nine other points <laughs> around. And maybe the best way to answer this is: How many term sheets do you have out right now with other founders, or you're looking to buy? Um, that is confidential, but <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that uh, we don't. And I'm looking at Eric because Eric is uh, is taking care of this area with me and uh, and, and the leadership uh, and Christian, our CRO. Um, so I can see Eric, he's, he, he almost gets nervous. And my official new role is called VP Strategy in M&A. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, what's your, Eric, what did the pipeline CEO. look like? I mean, without saying how many terms, you, I mean, can you give me some, I mean, are you to actively talking to 30 companies right now, five companies, a hundred? How do you manage M&A pipeline? So first of all, we have some areas that we want to look into in 23. So right now we are not, um, we are talking, we are always talking because either they are partners or they are uh, they are they are new companies coming into the ecosystem, either as integration partners to us or alliance partners, or because they have an, a, a process running. Of course, so we open for for receiving um, uh, proposals um, and we consider them. But we also have to say that in twenty two we have enough to do on our organic um, uh, engine, 
and the very, very important integration of, of, of Solmate and, and, and Mirrors. So 23, um, or when we're getting uh, later in the year, I think we can have another talk where maybe we can, we, can, we can open up for some of the areas that we're looking into in the future. We would love that. Guys, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up with the Famous Five? All good. Love it. All right, Mads, Famous Five, first one. Favorite book? Favorite book is, um, is uh, Play Bigger. Play which bigger. is a, a famous book of, of category around category building. It's a, it's a book I've, uh, I've read some years back, uh, recommended by Notion Capital, um, our dear investor, and then also our VP product, Rob, actually came with it the other, uh, some weeks ago, and, and I, I had to go through it again. So very close to, uh, to what we're trying to, to do here in Dixa. Number two, Mads, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Yeah, um, Satya Nadella, uh, Microsoft, um, legend uh already i would say it's impressive what he's done with uh with with um yeah with, with, with turning around i would say an, a license-based company some years ago now uh, implementing a growth mindset and a, a cognitive diversity i am i'm a huge fan um and, and microsoft uh, i know that you know people love or hate microsoft but uh, what they did uh, after boma there uh, is, is very impressive i would say Eric, let's throw this one over to you. Favorite online tool for building SolveMate and now Dixa, besides your own tools? I'm a fan of Notion. I can't say Dixa software. I'm a fan of Notion in general for documentation. It's an awesome tool. And I think Slack is a productivity killer if used right. If used right. There you go. All right. And then Mads, last couple here to you. Uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Sorry, say again. How many hours of sleep do you get each night? I'm getting seven, um, so I've gone from six to seven, um, and would love to get to seven point five. To be honest, which is my number. <laughs> and what's your situation today, Mads? Married, single, kids? I'm married uh, to my my amazing wife Heidi, um, and then I have three boys: five, eleven, and thirteen. So busy weekends with soccer wow. and te tennis and many other things. Busy yeah. guy. And how old are you? I'm forty-two. Forty-two. Last question: Something you wish you knew when you were twenty. Um, yes, that's a great question. I, I wish that, um, I, I knew how long it took to actually, um, to actually build a global scale up and start up because, uh, then I would have started earlier. Guys, <laughs> so, there you uh, <laughs> Start earlier, guys. There you have it. Dixa.com launched in 2015. Uh, 2016, they really got going. 2017, they start scaling and selling. In 2018, they broke their first million in revenue, broke 7 million in 2020, did uh, 11 million uh, last year when they raised their 105 million Series C and started pursuing and closing uh, two new acquisitions in Eric at SolveMate. Eric was working with already 10 to call it 100 enterprise customers, paying an average $30,000 ACVs, now part of the Dixa family as they scale up between 15 and 20 million bucks of revenue this year and work on integrating these two new acquired companies, the team, the IP, the customers, all of it as they build what they call this Trinity. Mads, Eric, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maven. Us.